Please open your Bibles to 1 John, the fourth chapter, verses 7 through 11. 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Good morning, church. Thank you, Roy, for reading that scripture. Thank you, Bradley, for those songs to keep to prepare our minds to think about love. Thank you so much for being here today. I want to say again in relation to our men's retreat, I want to encourage every one of you men to make your plans on March the 3rd and 4th to be a part of our men's retreat. There's been several meetings going on uh, making plans. Philip Goad is going to come and, and be a part in leading some of that study. And I know Philip's going to do a great job. He's already been planning some great lessons. And so on March 3rd and 4th, I want our men, I want you to really be thinking about being a part of this men's retreat. This is not just for the older men or not just for the younger men. This is for all age groups, all men. Uh, I haven't asked Greg, but you know, you teenage boys, you teenage young men, uh, I'm sure you can be a part of this too because uh, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to be challenged and we're going to be encouraged uh, to, together, uh, encouraged by the lessons that Philip and um, uh, those guys are getting together. And so make your plans March 3rd and 4th to be a part of this great event. And you don't even have to go far. All you have to do is get up and be here at the building on that evening and that Saturday, March the 3rd and 4th. Make sure you put that on your calendars and that you are here and a part of that great activity. Are you reminded when you're with families who have lost loved ones. Are you reminded about the brevity of life? I am. And I want to encourage you to think about and pray for the White family. Also, the Doran family lost a family member. Uh, learned some news early this morning about uh, a friend of mine uh, who attended the Florence Boulevard Church of Christ and now he and his wife uh, we're attending or are attending uh, Cornerstone Church of Christ down in Florence, Brother Jim McGee. Jim passed away from a massive heart attack yesterday. And so there are families that are mourning losses. And we want to pray with those families and for those families. So as we begin this morning, let's have a brief prayer on their behalf. Holy Father, we thank You for this day. Father, we thank You for Your love. We thank You for Your love that was extended to mankind through Jesus Christ when He walked on this earth and when He took our place on the cross. Father, we want to offer up to You 
a few families who are hurting because they've lost loved ones. We pray for the Doran family and their loss. We pray that You will comfort them and that You will be with them and surround them. Father, we pray for the McGee family down in Florence. Father, as they mourn the loss of Jim, we pray that You will surround them and comfort them and give them peace. And Father, for our family members, the Whites, as they mourn the loss of David, Father, we thank You for his life. We thank You for this good family. Father, give them comfort and peace and surround them, Father. And Father, we just ask again that You will bless these families during this difficult time. And Father, through these difficulties and through our everyday lives, we pray that we can continue to share Your love with all people. Forgive us of all of our many sins. Thank You for this opportunity to study, to worship You. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. When you look around the world, what do you see? When you look on the news and in the newspaper and on the internet, what do you see about our world? Well, you're probably thinking like I do that it doesn't take long. You go and you watch the news and you see on the internet and in the newspaper, you can see there's a lot of division and a lot of hate, right? There's a lot of division and a lot of hate all over the world, not just in America. So what's wrong with the world? What is the world missing today that causes so much division and so much anger and so much hate? You see, it's the same thing, and you know what it is. It's the same thing that's been missing since the beginning of time. The same thing that has been causing division, anger, and hate since the beginning of time. And that's love. True love is missing in the world. But there's hope. There's hope in Jesus Christ and there's hope in God's people. Because God has asked us to be His instruments of faith, hope, love, peace, forgiveness, mercy, kindness. William Gladstone, in announcing the death of the princess, of Princess Alice, to the House of Commons, he told a story. He told a story of how the princess's daughter had gotten sick with diphtheria. And the doctors had told her, do not get too close to the child or, or breathe the child's breath, lest you get diphtheria also. Well, like any mother, there taking care of her child, her child begins to grasp for breaths. And she takes the child and holds the child. Not caring about her own safety or her own health. And she holds that child and that child looking up to her, grasping for air, says, Mama, will you kiss me? And without thinking about her life or her health, she kisses the child and then she also gets diphtheria. And later, 
passes. Gladstone writes, Real love forgets self. Real love knows no danger. Real love doesn't count the cost. Real love just does. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of John. We want to look at the end of chapter 2 and really a lot of chapter 3. And I want us to look at the greatest love story that's ever been told, that's ever been experienced, that's ever been shared. However, I want you to notice that this story is not void of pain and suffering. That pain and suffering because of uh, choices as well, but also because of love, caused pain and suffering. But this is a story about a love that will last forever. A love that will never end. A love that will always be faithful. Maybe you've been in a relationship before and that relationship ended through unfaithfulness. Do you remember how that felt? Well, this story is a story about a love that lasts forever. A love that is faithful. Look at the end of chapter 2, verse 23. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit Himself to them because He knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man for He knew what was in man. Chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water... And, uh, and the Spirit, He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, I just want us to notice two things as we're leading up to uh, the greatest verse in all of Scripture, and that's chapter 3 and verse 16. And I just want us to notice two things about this section of Scripture this morning. Number one, I don't know if you caught it, but there at the end of chapter 2, what did it say about Jesus and mankind? It said that He knew man. You see, the Lord knows the heart of mankind. The Lord knows His thoughts, His desires, His intentions. The Lord knows His motives. Think about that for a minute. The Lord knows man. The Lord knows the heart of man. Now, two things can come from that. I can either be terrified by that because the Lord knows it all. Or I can be comforted by that because of anybody else in all of the world, whether you and I together, the one who knows me best is the Lord. 
You see, all these people had come to Jesus and the Bible says that they believed in Him because of His signs. In verse 24, the same Greek word for commit is the same word that He speaks of these people believing in verse 23. Yet Jesus in verse 24 said He did not believe them. What was the difference? Because these people, they believed only because of the signs. You see, Jesus knew their hearts. Jesus knew where they were. One person said the people believed in Christ, but He did not believe them. He knew their hearts and could evaluate their faith exactly. He knew the only reason they believed was because of the signs and they were not ready to fully commit to Him. You see, we're talking about being all in. Being all in, involved in this idea of the faithful love of God and being all in for God. I'm reminded of a similar situation back in the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 16. You remember when God has told Samuel, there's a new king in Israel and he's in the house of Jesse. And I want you to go down to the house of Jesse and I want you to anoint the new king. And so the prophet Samuel goes down to the house of Jesse. And as he begins to look over the sons of Jesse, in verse verse 7 he says, actually before that, as Eliab walked before Samuel, he said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. And the response of the Lord, I'm sure, is not what Samuel expected. Because when Samuel Samuel looked at Eliab, he said, Surely, this guy looks like a king. But verse 7, this is what the Lord says. Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. From the beginning of time, God has been able to see into the hearts of His creation. God has been able to see into the hearts of His people. Several times as Jesus walked the face of this earth, When He came in contact with people, He was able to look in and see their hearts. You see, the Lord knows the hearts of man. A fearful thing and a comforting thing is that God knows my heart right now. God knows my heart right now. And then John introduces us on the heels of Jesus uh, telling us and talking about these people. He knew them. He knew what they thought. He knows the hearts of man. He looks into the heart of man. John introduces us to a man named Nicodemus. A Pharisee named Nicodemus who came to Jesus by night. He was... A Pharisee because he was a member of that elite religious party who thought of themselves as the separated ones. They believed themselves to be the separated ones because they kept that law to a T 
the law of Moses as well as all the oral laws that they added it, added to it. In fact, they looked down on those who did not keep the law like themselves. And Nicodemus was a part of this group. The Bible says he's a ruler of, a, of the Jews, which indicated that he had achieved a position of leadership among his people. He likely was a member of that Jewish ruling body known as the Sanhedrin Council. And the Bible tells us that he came to Jesus by night. Now there are several reasons he could have come to Jesus by night, but the fact is he came to Jesus by night. Now the other day, I looked up on Netflix and I looked up the series The Bible. And I started watching a section about the life of Jesus. And guess where it was? It was here where it was brought before Nicodemus. And in that movie, and I like the way it portrays it, but as Nicodemus faced Jesus, it's almost as he had a face-off with Jesus among the people. Every time Jesus responded, the facial expression of Nicodemus was that there's something different about this man. Nicodemus knew all the law. Nicodemus knew what the law said, but Nicodemus could see when he faced Jesus there was something different about this man. And he comes to him and he says, Rabbi, we know, we know that you must be from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless he is from God. You see, Nicodemus believed in Jesus, but he wasn't ready to fully commit to Him. Verse 3 says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Did you notice that Nicodemus didn't ask Jesus a question. He didn't ask Him a question. But Jesus knows the heart of man. Evidently, somewhere deep down inside, Nicodemus really wanted to know what he needed to do. Nicodemus must have really thought, keeping all these laws and doing all this thing, there must be something more. And Jesus answers a question that must have been deep in his heart. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But wait a minute, Lord. You mean to tell me, how how in the world can a person enter again into his mother's womb? And Jesus says, unless you're born of water and the Spirit, He cannot enter the kingdom of God. I remember a similar situation back in the book of Matthew chapter 19. You remember the story of the rich young ruler. And this rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he calls him teacher. And Jesus says, no one is good or a good teacher. No one is good except God. 
And he asked the question, what good things shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus' response was, keep the commandments. And he says, which one? And Jesus says, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the rich young ruler, you can see, oh, I've done these since I've been a child. I've done the right things. I've gone through the right motions. But Jesus knew his heart. You still lack one thing, he says to that rich young ruler. Go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and come follow me. You see, Jesus knew that the rich young ruler, he wasn't all in. Oh, he looked religious. He acted religious. He did all the right religious things. But he still wasn't fully committed. He still wasn't all in. He went away sorrowful. Jesus said in verse 8 to Nicodemus, The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? You know, Paul might say it this way in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the lusts... Uh, The flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You see, Nicodemus, you're missing something. You're missing something, something that goes beyond of doing all the right things, looking religious and acting religious. Rich young ruler, you're missing something. You need to be led by the Spirit of God. You need to walk in the Word of God. Notice Jesus' response quickly. Jesus says to Nicodemus, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I had told you earthly things and you did not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who has came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. What's the point? What's the point that Jesus wants Nicodemus to understand? Jesus wants Nicodemus to understand. Nicodemus, I know your motives. People listening around, I know your motives. I see your heart. I know why you're really here. He reminds Nicodemus. You see Nicodemus... You had the privilege of being born into Israel. But to enter the kingdom of God is not just simply as like being born into Israel. It's not just simply going up out there and keeping all of these laws. It's not just simply looking religious. In fact, in that movie or in that episode of the Bible... Jesus in the episode confronts Nicodemus in a way that causes Nicodemus to think about the way he 
stressed. Oh, you look religious, but where is your heart? You look religious and you act religious and you stand before all these people, all pious, but where is your heart, Nicodemus? The Lord wants our belief in Him to lead to true obedience. In other words, Jesus wants us to be all in. The Bible tells us that Jesus came to leave as an example that we should follow in His steps. Guess what? Jesus was all in. And it can be difficult. You see, belief is not good enough. James chapter 2 and verse 19, you remember what the writer says? You believe that there is one God, you do well. But even the demons believe and tremble. The Lord wants us to be all in. Why? Verses 14 and following. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in Him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus, He acts and does because He loves. And He says, Nicodemus, this is what I want you to understand. You see, God loves you. I love you. And here's what I want you to understand, Nicodemus. Jesus tells Nicodemus a story that he should have known that comes from the book of Numbers chapter 21. You remember out in the wilderness wondering when the people, they disobeyed and complained against God and God sent down fiery serpents and bit some of those folks. And as a result, many of them died. And so they cried out to Moses, Moses, pray to God. Pray that God will relieve us of this. You know what's interesting? This is a side note to that story. What's interesting is God didn't necessarily take things away, but God provided a way of escape. God provided a way of salvation. God has not taken us out of this world of division and hate among us and all around, but He says there's a way of salvation. And that's what I want you to live out and that's what I want you to share. Jesus tells him, you see, this is what's going to happen to the Son of Man. God said, you create this <clears throat> serpent and you put it on a stick, this bronze serpent. And anyone who's bitten by that, by that serpent, they look into the eyes and they will be saved. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, this is what's going to happen to the Son of God. And you see, just like God provided a way of salvation for those people, because He loved them, but He also knew their heart, God has also provided a way of salvation because He knows your heart. And you're standing here looking at Him, Nicodemus. 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus may be trying to say to Nicodemus, I know you believe because of what you've, what's been done. But truly believing is not just about keeping the law. It's not just about wanting to do what's right. And here's the key. It's about believing that will lead to a life of transformation. Has your life been transformed by Jesus Christ today? Verse 19 and 20 tells us that the light has come. And this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus lived a life of light and love. Faithful love. And though He knew the hearts of man, though He knew what man would do and how man would respond, God sent Jesus into the world anyway. For the world. And the condemnation is that mankind as a whole loved darkness rather than light. That's why we look across our nation, we look across our world, that's why we see division. That's why we see hate and anger. And you see, the reality is, as long as this world stands, we very well likely will see that. But what does that mean for us? Jesus came anyway. That's faithful love. And Jesus says, as we talked about last month, I want you to go as you're going throughout your life. And I want you to love people anyway. Later in the book of John, John would say, recording Jesus, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, live in the truth. If you love me, walk in the Spirit. If you love me, walk in my Word. And go share that to people who love darkness anyway. Because there are Nicodemuses out there. There are Nicodemuses out there who when they see the light of Jesus Christ, they realize there's something different. And they're drawn to it. Let's go into this world showing God's faithful love, looking for the Nicodemuses in life. I'm going to share with you a story as we close. During World War II, 
Hitler commanded that all religious groups unite so that he could have ultimate control over all these groups. And there was one particular assembly of of religious people that were divided. Some in that religious group, some followed Hitler's advice and did everything that they said. But then there was another part of that group who did not. But you see, the half that that did everything that Hitler and and those people following him said, uh, they had it easy. No problems. But the group that, that didn't, they were treated harshly. In fact, out of every one of those families in that group, at least one person in that family had a member who was killed in a concentration camp. When the war ended, there was a lot of bitterness and anger and division among this group of people who were once united. And so leaders from both sides decided that we would come together, they would come together and have some sort of talk and try to figure out all this division and come to some sort of conclusion about what to do. And so they went off to a retreat. And this is what they did on that retreat. They spent much time in prayer. And thinking about their own lives in relation to the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Francis Schaeffer, who told of the incident, asked a friend who was there, What did you do then? His response was, We were just one. We were just one. Badly, thank you for those songs. When we think about what God has done for me, I can put up with a lot of stuff, can't I? I can give up a lot of stuff. so that I can experience the faithful love of God and I can go out into this world, I can go into my family, I can go into my neighborhood, I can go into my school and my workplace looking for Nicodemus. See, God knows our heart. God knows the hearts of the people that's in your realm of influence. And Jesus came anyway. And He was able to be a light to Nicodemus and to a lot of people. And you and I can do the same. Today, if you're here tonight, this morning, and you're not a child of God, it's our prayer. Do you believe? Do you believe? James says even demons believe and tremble. Do you believe that God loved you so much that He sent Jesus to the cross to take your place so that through your belief, through your faith, through your obedience, by declaring before this group today, before the world, I believe. 
that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Not only do I believe, I'm ready to act. And you, like the eunuch in Acts chapter 8, can go down to that watery grave of baptism and you today can die with Jesus Christ. And you today can rise out of that watery grave a new person in Jesus Christ, experiencing the faithful love of God. Maybe it is you're here today. Life is tough. Life is real tough. And Satan tries to distract us with so many life things. Maybe you have some problems going on in your family. Maybe you have some struggles going on in your family. I want you to look around this room. Look around this room. Because here's what I want you to know. There are a lot of people sitting in this room that love you and care about you that have also gone through some of the same things that maybe you're going through. Maybe not identical, but they've gone through some of those things. And they're ready and they're willing to say, hey, I'm here, we're here, let us help you carry this burden. Maybe it is you're here today. Maybe it is you believe, but you haven't been fully committed. Maybe it is you've even confessed that beautiful name of Jesus Christ and you've gone down in that watery grave of baptism to rise in newness of life and for whatever reason, through all the distractions of life, somebody stabbed you in the back or someone's done you wrong, someone that you really loved, And maybe you ask, where's God? And God says, listen, I know your heart. And I want you to know I haven't moved. I want you to know I still love you. And I want you to know my heart breaks because you're not all in with me. Whatever your need is this morning, we plead with you. We beg with you. We ask you. Let God help. Let God change your life. Let us pray with you and pray for you as together we stand and sing.